taking over now Jake Muzzin cross ice pass Leipzig moves in right circle stops up shoots scores you're listening to all the Kings men the official podcast of the LA Kings and Kempe to center for Toffoli and into the zone to Wagner to Doughty Doughty back in front score Kings control Muzzin to Martinez a shot tipped on save is made rebound score Kyle Clifford now here's your host Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. The nightmare season continues with another loss at home, but in a bit of a switch up. Today, I'm the one defending the Kings, and my guests are the one taking a slightly more critical tone. Feel free to reach out to us via email or Twitter or Facebook, any other means available to you. Let us know which side you take, what you think needs fixing, or share your thoughts about any of the topics we bring up. After all, it's not all the King's Men without you guys. We are here high above the ice in the Bob Miller Press Box at Staples Center. I think I said that wrong. I'm not going to worry about it. Because this is a night where nothing went right, Jack. <laughs> yes, sir. Joining me tonight, Jack Jablonski. How are you doing tonight, Jack? I'm all right. Uh, I guess this is just kind of what we expect at this yeah. point. I'm all right. <laughs> and a uh, special guest, Mike Jablonski. How are you doing tonight, Mike? Doing great, Jesse. For those of you who are not aware, Mike Jablonski is the father of our Jack Jablonski. Uh, Mike, I'm assuming this is not your first time at Staples Center? No, it isn't. I've been to i think this is my fourth game this year and what did you think of our 2018-19 kings uh be nice i intern here (laughs) uh they had a good effort for a good two periods well it's very polite of you to say so (laughs) Um, all right jack last game we talked about what success looks like moving forward and you said uh we want to see some young players get more playing time develop Mm -hmm. some identity find out whether or not they are in fact nhl players You said you want to see the veterans continue to be the best players on the ice. Yep. Tonight, we had one step forward and one step back. Yep. We went one for two, which it's better than the winning percentage we have. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'll take it. We we really did. We we saw a lot of improvement, or not improvement, but we saw exactly what I was asking for, at Mm -hmm. least. Um, Now, again, I'll reiterate my definition of success isn't always uh, agreed upon, or at the same time, it's not, you know, there. Uh, definition of success mm-hmm. but moving forward we saw a great game out of Leipzig we saw a high-flying Kempe uh, who also put a goal up which is at this point become semi-rare so uh, it's good it, it's a lot of what we saw when Kempe first came into the NHL and it's what we heard about what we got when we got Leipzig so uh, those were two of the good examples uh, unfortunately uh, you didn't see a lot of the veteran you know consistency or at least leadership or best guy on the ice and that's exactly why we lost six to three um with some unfortunate bounces as well yeah i mean this is gonna sound incredibly homerish but i'm gonna go ahead and call this four to three loss because the empty net goal whatever yeah you can wave that yeah i mean i i understand i suppose pulling the goalie when you're down by two and especially in a season like this we've seen it before um i suppose it's an opportunity you know, at that point, you've lost the game. The season's lost. So it's a coaching opportunity, right? Let's see if we can. So, okay, yeah. fine. I, I don't ever particularly enjoy it. It feels to me like it might. It's a, uh, Just as a fan, it's a little humiliating. It's like, really? You're pulling the goal? But I get it. They they only have so many opportunities to get that game scenario. And so you take mm-hmm. advantage of them. So then you knock down to five to three. And then the goal that FNUF tipped in past quick. Um a hell of a tip. Yeah, I mean, look, what are you <laughs> going to do, right? Like, weird stuff happens. So, um, <clears throat> and I'm going to go ahead and keep writing them a, a pass. Although in the past, I have sort of said I'm, you know, tired of giving credit where it's due. And I'm tired of saying, you know, well, it <laughs> when was it's a- not on our team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I will say this. On a night where we saw a bunch of new line combinations, there were moments where offensive momentum was effectively killed by a pass that was a foot off or a guy, you know, had the wrong stick hand. And and you say, like, oh, I wish that had connected or I wish there was a different player receiving that pass. And you know what? 
like I said, it's a line that never skated before. It's Brendan Leipzig's second game, so I'll give it. So your passes, they weren't, they haven't played together. The younger players looked good, but I feel like they could have looked even better. Yeah. Had, you know, and Has they will in, they will in games, time. Yeah. Exactly, they will okay. in time. Okay. Um, I understand it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> At the same time, you know, we're in that that area where it's you know, are these guys NHL players opposed to? We know they are NHL players, mm-hmm. so I understand the pass. At the same time, this is a team that they played that was the worst in the NHL in away games, uh, winning percentage, mm-hmm. and a team that the, the Kings should have been able to handle. You know, they, they played decent two nights ago. Um, I thought they deserved a little better than what they got. Uh, and tonight, they were outplayed by a team that, yeah, Taylor Hall won the MVP last year, but he's not having the same year, and neither is the the team as a whole, a little bit like the Kings. So I, I have to say it is a missed opportunity, and that's why I'm not going to give it a pass. Uh, now, granted, you're a lifelong Kings fan, so I can understand the, the biasness, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll see where, where it goes when we bring in Vegas, but uh, tonight it, tonight's one of those shoulda, woulda, coulda games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm giving it a pass less as a fan and more as a sort of I'm desperate for something positive to say, right? Because a six. But there three, were positives in the game. There, there were some, but it's you. You lost six to three, right? I can call yes. it four to three all I want, but the reality mm-hmm. is that this is they only the six goals. Only the, the ninth time they've scored more than two goals this season, and they've lost three of them. And and yeah. they were never really. I mean, there was two to two at one point, but yeah. I mean, it's a little bit going back to Daryl Sutter days of you're going to play the three to two game. You're yeah. going to make it a little bit more boring than some of the other teams in the NHL. Uh, but when you do that, you have to win the games in which you are drawing up the scenario that you want. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen tonight, and they gave up six goals. Now, you can score three goals all you want, but it's a little bit like the Colorado game when it's 7-1, to one, and then all of a sudden you kind of put the Jets on to try to just not embarrass yourself, even though you have. And at the same time, you're also in the, the area of, you know, yeah, you scored three goals, but it didn't matter. And now this game was a little bit more competitive. At least I take that back. It was a lot more competitive, especially for the first two periods. Um, but they fought back every time. You know, the Kings didn't have the lead in the game, uh, but they didn't give up. And then they just kind of just, I, I wouldn't say they lost interest, but it, the, the third period didn't have that that fight or the, the consistent, you know, I'm going to give it all I got. And I'm going to take the chances that I need to, even though it might ba- kill us on the back end. That being said, they didn't do that and they still got killed on the back end. Well, I think this is one of those seasons where all it takes, and we've seen this time and time again, even in games where it's close, all it takes is one push in the negative direction. and, and Everything falls apart. Yeah. And yeah. so we saw it in the Islanders game where it was 2-2 two to two and they give up the yep. shorthanded, and we've seen it in this game. Um, do you want to keep naming examples? <laughs> no. No, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I do want to focus on the positives, though. Kyle Clifford goes from the second line back down to the fourth line, um, which was something we had... Yeah, prescribed. Well, only it was one of like the four things <laughs> yeah. we talked about um, <laughs> that came. But true. he does score a goal, although he couldn't do it on the second line. He does it on the. Hey, hey. But hey. Um, but Mike, I'm curious what you thought, um, having watched a, a lifetime of hockey. What you thought of Kyle Clifford because he is one of the one of the bright spots of our season. He, so far. Well, just to throw the stat in before he answers, now the tie yes, for third you. leading goal scorer on the team, Kyle Clifford. Yeah. Frankly, I thought Kyle. Uh, he had a nice game. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see a lot of energy from the first line other than a handful of moments. True. you got to remember, this is a the 28th best team according to statistics. In the NHL, the Devils currently, and they came three time zones to play the Kings. I mean, and I, I just didn't really see the energy that I was expecting from a lot of players. Although mm-hmm. I did see, you know, I thought Brendan Leipzig. He, I thought he had a real nice goal, that, mm-hmm. and he had some nice energy in a lot of different spots, which is kind of a very positive sign from what I've seen. You also have got to remember, in the 80s, I was actually a season ticket holder for the New Jersey Devils. No, so, well, they were, they were the, <laughs> such a rival. I, I think that's what Gretzky actually called them, like a Mickey Mouse team. Uh. And Devils fans, uh, you know, yeah. Threw a lot of Mickey Mouse dolls on the ice in one game, so I remember that. <laughs> so we've got a Jersey fan and a Wild fan. How is this? How is this all the Kings men? This is outrageous. Hey, uh, I've been here for three years. <laughs> I am a part of the organization. Uh, Jack, you uh, mentioned you mentioned that, that moving Kyle Clifford off the second line was only the fourth thing we had talked about yeah. in previous games. Um, one of the other ones was getting Matt Luffmore ice time and and mm-hmm. getting uh, Wagner. 
more advantageous line mates, shall yeah. we say. What did you think of the line combinations they rolled with tonight? I love the line combinations. Now, that second line, I love seeing Wagner and Luff get more ice time. They didn't have a great game as a whole this mm. uh, this time around with Carter on the line centering them. Um, but I thought it was the personnel matched up a little better than what they had been with earlier. So I, I like the veteran at leadership out of Carter. Granted, now he didn't provide a whole lot of opportunities today, but I, th- knowing what he's capable of, at least what we've seen in the last few years or in the couple years, is he's got the ability to set people up. He, mm. he was the, the stone that held the 70s line together in both years, or at least, I mean, honestly, up until they got rid of it, even this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, Wagner's going to be able to use the speed if they keep it together, and Luff looks like a guy, at least to this point, that can hold his own if he's playing between you know 12 and, and 17 minutes a game. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, the biggest word that I guess I've used in the last few podcasts is consistency. If he can mm-hmm. keep showing up and keep doing what he needs to do to provide, whether that's scoring chances or setting people up or, or putting the puck in the back of the net. Now, he's, he's been off to a hot start with that, but we need to keep seeing it. And that's exactly why he's going to be able to, or that's exactly what's going to keep him in the lineup and keep him playing in the lineup. I... I was curious to see what was going to happen on the third line, reuniting Kempe with Toffoli, right? Last year when Carter was out with injury, we saw Kempe slide up to the second line and uh, center Pearson and Toffoli. Mm-hmm. This year, uh, or this game, I should say, it was the third line with Wagner, uh, Kempe, and Toffoli. Now, the, the one goal that they did score, I thought, was Wagner and Kempe using their speed mm-hmm. really effectively to create that give-and-go with Drew Doughty. And yeah. It wasn't clear who scored immediately. It was Kempe, mm-hmm. not Wagner, but Wagner easily could have it was a pretty goal, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, it might have been... That's kind of Kings hockey, the way they came at the goal hard it, and with speed and with the burst of speed. Yeah. It was, like, my favorite play of the game. It might have been yeah. top... I mean, they've only got 50... They've got, like, 50... What are we up this to This might now? be 60, 50, actually, No, what they are they? 56 or 57. Either way, they have, like... Yeah. They have, like... Ovechkin has like forty percent compared. Well, to I was going to gonna say roster. top ten, but then I realized it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> well, impressive. it was a beautiful goal. It and, was very and, nice. Mike or, or my dad, he's correct <laughs> in the sense that it's it's old Kings hockey, and it, it, it was exactly what was the recipe to getting the Kings cups. It was now that play didn't inc- include any physicality, but it was big bodies going to the net hard, and it doesn't have to be a pretty goal. We're, now we're so used to seeing Kopitar make these beautiful plays and these tic tac toes. But at the same time, you know, a lot of times that can take more effort than just going to the net. You, you don't have to. It was a beautiful goal because everyone was in, involved mm-hmm. where it didn't take a pretty play except for a, a good pass and a guy that deserved to score a goal. If we see that more often, you know, we're we're going to go up from two point one one goals a game. It's uh, it's something that it's hard to imagine why we don't see it more because that's all Stevens talked about when he was uh, as a coach and we didn't really see it a whole lot especially this year at least and then this year even when Desjardins took over still not something we've seen and it's such a simple recipe where you I mean Gretzky's most famous quote 100 percent of the shots you don't take don't go in mm-hmm. or miss the net whatever I screwed that one up but at the same time everybody knows the yeah quote. <laughs> everyone knows the quote it's famous guys <laughs> Even I do. Uh, Even Michael Scott knows the quote. Yeah, Michael, thank you. Uh, But put the puck towards the net, and you're going to get results. Some days you're going to get bad bounces. Some days you're going to get good bounces. Today, they were able to get good bounces, but they didn't do it enough. And it's it's such a simple equation that when you you go ahead and add an extra body, your opportunities – increase exponentially right so Kempe drives center lane and Wagner's on the left if Kempe misses it Wagner's got it it's I mean it's it's just not complicated right you like you as you said big bodies go to the net you go and and you hear Jim Fox you hear Bob Miller you hear Alex House you hear every broadcaster for every game for every season for every decade for every Mm -hmm. century that hockey's been played Go to the dirty areas, and that's where, yeah. you know, it's – it's. we talk about, you know, advanced analytics. This is remedial analytics. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, 90% of shots, you know, taken from within five feet of the crease go in. Yeah. Um, it's common sense. But yeah. somehow they still – we don't see it enough. No, well, I'll this put is it that way. I want to be polite. <laughs> where, well, this is where we get back to the E-word that, that we're, we yeah. had avoided yeah. using for – long stretches of time where it yeah. just becomes it's not 
th there's a difference between an absence of something and choosing not to do it. Well, I'm trying to find the 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 right way to say this. Um, if I don't like a movie, that's different than hating a movie. Yeah. Right? But so it's all about how you phrase the question. You say, did you like that movie? I say, no. That doesn't mean I hated it. It just means I didn't like it. Yeah. So it's like, it's like this. You know, did the Kings go out there and give a full effort tonight? No. Does that mean they, you know, didn't try? No. No. But when your top line is outplayed routinely on a night where your third line and your fourth line at times looked like your best units... That's not a complete 60-game effort like we mm -hmm. talk about. And that's where I think – I'll make a comparison here. I think so much of – I guess we'll look at the past five, six years when mm -hmm. they won two cups, and so much of their brand was playoff hockey. Yeah. You know, they played 82 games Built of playoff playoffs, hockey. Yeah. Built for the playoffs, but they played like it. it. was It was physical. It was effort. It was going into the corners. It was making the game ugly, but it worked. Now – we don't see the physicality. We don't see the the brutal game that they played because the NHL has changed, mm -hmm. and that's a, it's simply one of the major reasons that the whole NHL game the whole NHL game has changed. But now we need to see Kings hockey and playoff hockey in a different way. We need to see the effort. We need to see the blocking shots. We need to see the back checking. How many times in the last dozen games have you and I sat next to each other and said, "Well, why didn't X, Y, or Z back check? What like his sticks in the air? He didn't care. He, like he's." What was it? Uh, uh, Muzzins in the offensive zone when they score, or it's just stuff right, like that, right. or Kempe's, you know, whatever Stops this. Moving his legs it, yeah, to the and blue it's line. just yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, why? Because it just doesn't make sense. Like those are the little plays that that can change the outcome of the game, and oftentimes it's goals that that you notice it on. There was a shift early in the first period where Kopitar, Brown, and Ayafalo controlled the puck for. I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds. Yep. They were cycling it. They were moving it. They had a great first two shifts. It was it was slow moving. There were no shots on goal. Yeah, that was the problem. But, but they controlled the play. And I thought to myself in that moment, this is why I don't buy the argument that every team has to play the same kind of north-south speed you don't. burner game. But to your point, Jack, that kind of game that Kopitar, Brown, and I follow were playing on that shift – requires a constant level of above average effort because you're constantly fighting guys off you're constantly mm -hmm. moving your body in position to prevent a defender from lifting your stick you're you know what i mean it requires yeah shift to shift buy-in whereas if you're kemp and wagner and you're flying and you're looking for opportunities to open up before you put on the right and you say aha mm -hmm. the, the you know or luff's goal if you his first goal yeah. right where or, or even his third goal where he gets the you know the two zone pass mm -hmm. and he's he's not cherry picking but the yeah. you know the hole opens up opportunistic right exactly that doesn't require the same kind of sixty minute mm -hmm. you know every shift yeah. attention and so <laughs> this team we have this bizarre you know we talk about developing an identity we have this bizarre, bizarre rift where Kopitar is not going to go out there with Wagner. Like we said, what's Wagner going to do while Kopitar and Brown are doing a low zone cycle? Yeah. He's going to skate in circles really yeah, fast. It doesn't work. Um, but, the, but to go off of what you're saying is that's where the emphasis is. You know, a lot of the points that we can bring up in the game is because we notice it because there's a goal that happens because right. someone didn't do something right. Right. You know, we talk about, oh, what an amazing play that Kopitar made on that pass to get, you know, or, you know, what a great play by Dowdy to hit mm -hmm. Kempe backdoor. Well, it's a great play because they made the effort and it ended in execution. A lot of times it's the exact opposite when we give up a goal. You know, why Why do we notice that, you know, ex, you know, someone wasn't trying or someone was out of position? It's because it costed them something right. that is what everyone works for in this game. It's, yeah. it's to score a goal or to block a shot or to save a goal. And this year, the consistent... <laughs> the consistent topic that we've had to talk about is why didn't this person do this or how how come this person wasn't able to do this or, or what went wrong on this play and, and all the time it's all the time it's because uh that pause was bailey yeah that so. pause was bailey uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but, <laughs> sorry off topic now i have no idea where i was talking about um, consistently and consistent, yeah it's just consistently inconsistent and, and that's the biggest problem Dave Joseph joining us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll give him a second to get his stuff, and I'll, I'll uh, vamp in the meantime. Um, this was a game 
that featured, you know, the Kings hitting a post three times in less than a second. A goal that was tipped in past Jonathan Quick twice by well, one twice. off his own, yeah, one off yeah, his yeah. own teammate and the other off of yeah. a regular yeah, tip. Enough one, yeah. And yeah. so it would be really easy, and it is really tempting to say they woulda, shoulda, coulda, um, but but they but, but they didn't, but they, they didn't, <laughs> and <laughs> they the, and New Jersey won't. put themselves in the position to yeah. do that. That's that's exactly it. Jack, I know you got to go. Dave's joining me, so before uh, Dave, I ask you what you thought. What of Jack has to leave? Well, he's got he's gonna go have dinner with his family. How dare you? Uh, but before yeah, but before dinner. we turn over, uh, <laughs> he's hungry. The Jablonski part of the show to the Joseph <laughs> part of the show. Let's do player of the game, play of the game now. Yes, sir. Mike, I'll start with you. Play of the game. Uh, the play of the game was uh, I'm not gonna name one. I'm gonna name the deflection because that's what kind of caused the uh, to me three of the goals I got by Jonathan Quick mm-hmm. um, and the one that really was strange was the one that uh, primarily uh, came off Dion Phaneuf I still haven't figured out how that went in and the player of the game I'm going to go with is uh, the first goal for, as a king uh, Brendan Leipzig I thought he played with the energy he did a lot of really good things and I think you know he's got a lot of potential to really make some things happen for the Kings this year Jack, play of the game, player of the game. My play of the game, I'll give it to uh, Muzzin's wrist shot that hit two posts <laughs> and didn't go in, which you just mentioned, and yeah. then was followed up by a Clifford post. Yeah. Three posts in a span of a second. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it because it's, it's unbelievable. I don't think science can even answer how it didn't go in. <laughs> uh, my player of the game, if it's not going to be Leipzig, I'll give it to Kempe. I thought he played a, a fast game. He went to the net as he saw he scored the goal. Uh, and. Beyond that, he was noticeable. The first line didn't have a great game. The second line was didn't have a great game. They had their bright spots. Uh, but Kempe looked good. It looked like what we were used to seeing before he stopped scoring goals halfway through last year. Dave, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Halfway through last year. So you're right. You're actually yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. exactly yeah. on. Yeah. Play of the game. All right, go Kings, go. Uh, player of the game, uh, uh, Derek Forbert with the kick save in the first period, I yeah. think it was. I like that uh, save. Does he get credit for a save on that, by the way? I don't think he does, but he should. Someone should get credit for that save. He should get that, yeah, right? 24 absolutely. in the books. You know what? If a goalie can get an assist. Why can't a, a defenseman goal, or a player? A get yeah, it? yeah. And then uh, uh, play player of the game, I would also agree with uh, Brendan Leipzig on that. I thought Brendan Leipzig for the second straight game here in the, with the Kings had a lot of jump, had a lot of enthusiasm, had a lot of uh, a pep in his step again tonight, as we talked about the last time. And I think... Um, I think I give him my player of the game. Fair enough. I, I came up with a new uh, line name, by the way. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Uh, Leipzig, Luff, uh, yeah. and Carter. Uh-huh. The LLC line. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. You on to this with me? Um, yeah. LLC. Especially since they play in, uh, only if they play in California, but they're registered in Delaware. That's right. Um, the LLC <laughs> yeah, line. Like You're it. welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use it, but I came up with it. I'm going to uh, steal. It's on the record. I'm going to steal your play of the game with the Forbert save. Cause Thank it, you. It really that was, was a great save. It was amazing. He went down and like kicked yeah. out his foot like a, like a goalie would do. And oh, look who showed up. Carlin Bay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, your mic's off. Turn the mic on. Hold on, everybody. This is just a staple of the season. You can uh, add cans if you want. Is it on? Are we on? Yeah, yeah. You want cans? Here's cans. Give me the cans. They call them cans in the business. That's not what. You're in the business. (laughs) Yes, these are cans, Carl. And by the business, he means the industry. And they just fell off my head. Um, (laughs) And so, player of the game, Dave, I'm going to do something unprecedented Uh in all the Kingsmen podcast history. You're going to go with, can I guess? Yeah. Taylor Hall. No. Oh. I'm going to go with nobody. This From the Kings, you're going to go with nobody. I'm just going to go with nobody. Why? This got real dark. Because, because I'm <laughs> because I'm tired. Because they lost six to three, and some of them looked good, but ultimately but some players played well. What did I miss? Yeah. Some. What did I miss? Is no, this no, the end? We're just doing player end? of the game and play of the game. Is this the end Jack of the podcast? Had, no, 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 no. Jack had to go. Jack so had to leave. I wanted to give him and his dad a chance to. But give isn't this the, the staple of the podcast? Jack like, knew you were coming, so he said, "It's time for me yeah. to go." <laughs> we're just we're doing it in the middle this time. Okay, cool. Um. Yeah, all right. Is this I'll give, the end, I'll kind it, of. I'll give it to Leipzig. <laughs> Fair enough. Was he not one of the better players on the ice tonight? He was great. At times, yeah. yeah. No, no, he was good. Listen, Leipzig had four shots last game. He did so well on that fourth line that he got bumped up to the second, and then they did a little shimmy shaky and put Luff on the second line because why not? So Carter had two little speedy guys, and Leipzig, again, was uh, our best player on the team tonight. Clean zone entries, going in, making shots from all – kinds of different places what's not to love about the guy who else is doing and, that and they have a new line name 
Uh, what is it? The yeah, LLC line. Just oh, the Jesus. LLC. Leipzig, Luff, and Carter. Oh, the LLC I, line. So you're welcome. You guys, Kings fans, you're welcome. Thank you. You guys would have been proud of me. Okay. Before you got here, okay. I was I was the one leaping to the King's defense. And listeners will have heard me say this 20 minutes ago, but okay. they can hear me say it again. Okay. I thought in tonight, with two new lines uh, featuring two rookies and a guy in his second game with the team, I thought there were a lot of passes, there were a lot of plays that broke down because passes were uh, foot in the wrong direction or to the wrong side of the guy. You know, if he's a left-handed shot, the pass comes to his right, that sort of thing. And I do believe that that sort of thing comes with experience playing together. And so I'm willing to go ahead and give tonight's uh, game by those two lines a pass, right? Because Luff and Leipzig presumably have never played together exactly right and Mm -hmm. and to foley and and kempe have but with wagner it's a whole new element sure you've got two guys who can fly to foley not the skate fastest skater in the world um and and that line turned in right turned in a goal right with dowdy playing the role of the right winger in that give and go with uh with luff and kempe Mm -hmm. or sorry with wagner and kempe so so this was not a dark uh, 20 minute conversation before you guys got here. Good. I was actually saying I'm willing to give a pass. And the fourth line was, frankly, the best. Kyle Clifford continues Nate to be Thompson. the best player yep. on this team. Yep. Um, but All we, he does is score. Yeah. But what we said yeah. was Jack. I had asked Jack the same question I asked you, Dave, a few games ago, which was and I'll ask Carlin in just okay. a second. You get your chance to yep. answer. Or actually, I'll just ask you right now. Do it. We've moved past you know, how does this team turn it around and become a playoff team, mm-hmm. right? So now the question becomes, what, what does, does success, success look, look like? like? I listen to the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And so what, prepare. what Jack said. I'm just like really creepy and <laughs> I listen to it over and over. And over. I do too. Uh, what Jack said and what Dave both basically said was, we want to see the young players get minutes and, and develop NHL identities. And we mm-hmm. want to see your best players be your best players. So I thought tonight we got one of those things. Yeah. But we didn't get the other. I don't think that Andre Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Jeff Carter – and Alex Iafalo were particularly effective. Yeah. Now, that could just be a one-night thing. I'll, I'll beg to differ. Iafalo, I think, was the most effective out of the names you just listed. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, success, to me, looks like not giving up. I do not want to see anybody on the ice at any time looking like they're giving up, giving it up, mailing it in, mm-hmm. realizing they're down to, realizing maybe they can't catch up, whatever it is. I don't ever want to see that. Right. Or thinking, we're in last place. Can we... We can't come back from this. We're not going to make the playoffs. Don't give up. That's success to me at this point in the season because what else, you know? So that's another area that I felt like this game was a perfect indication of how the season has gone, which is the first period I thought was entertaining. It was fun. There were scoring opportunities. There was a play early in the first period where the Kings were putting on a press. Matt Luff has a goal, has an opportunity from the high slot. You know, mm-hmm. he's going straight down the middle. Yep. And I literally said out loud, like, that's the most exciting thing we've seen in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, early in the second period, Jack's dad, Mike, looked at us and said, ooh, they're coming out flat. And it was like a minute into the second period. They gave up eight shots in the first two minutes of the second period and a goal. And after that, that was like ball game. Well, that I think, was, that I think was it. They went a whole four minutes i think it was seven not i'm not trying to correct or anything but i mm-hmm. think it was seven shots from the devils in four minutes with no in two minutes am i thinking about the third no who you're tweeted right. it let me pull up amanda stein they, hold on i mean they are correct they took seven or eight shots in four minutes but it but that's because they didn't then take another shot after the first two minutes for what concern you could have said they only took seven shots in six minutes seven minutes like but they took them in what the concerns two. me the most about that mm-hmm. is what we've seen over and over this year. A, New Jersey scored first in the game. Yeah. And when the opposing team scores first, I believe the stat was the Kings were 115-1 yeah, coming into the game You're going to have a bad time. When trailing after the two coming into tonight, the Kings were 0-13-0, mm-hmm. so make it 0-14-0. Yep. Which means a comeback is not going to happen. No, it is not. And the third thing that concerns me is how whenever the Kings seem to score and try to get back in the game, the opposition scores... Almost quickly thereafter yep. and and not putting a number of seconds or minutes on it, but it seems to be right away, a short period of time, the other team scores. Those three things are very, very concerning. Opening two minutes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, And then they went a whole four minutes. To the Kings' credit, them it took, shots, it took them another ten minutes to get it's another shot on goal. Good. That's not 
good. No, it's terrible. That's not good. But what? But I mean, Jonathan Quick misplays a pass, which yeah. he's prone to do three times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets frustrated. He gets you know hot under the collar, which we all love. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still desperately waiting to see at least one fight. Great. Now I'm on um, TV. What else could go wrong? <laughs> Why didn't you feature me um, in this segment? I don't know. You didn't. You like were busy packaging pears or something. I was. I put in a lot of pairs into those. You did. Pairs. You put in tons of pairs. We did oh, two boxes carrots? to everyone else's one. What All the right. heck? I'm gonna wrestle you guys. Oh, back. Sorry. oh sorry. <laughs> sorry. We're Jeez, doing a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> um, but to your point, this is the sort of thing that that you say it looks like success to you, and we get again, we're getting half of what we want to see. Now, to be that's more than what we were seeing in the first twelve games. So we're getting you know, baby steps in the right direction. And, you know, at the risk of being inflammatory, there are probably still trades to come. We still haven't seen Nikita Sherback. You never want to judge a guy based on an interview, but everything he's said and everything I've heard about him, I'm excited, right? The kid moved here from Russia when he was 17 to play in Canadian junior hockey. Mm -hmm. He's excited to play in LA. He's excited to play with Kovalchuk. Mm -hmm. Put up big numbers in junior hockey. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe Kempe, Kovalchuk, and and Sherback. Mm -hmm. Who knows, right? Right. So there's still plenty of opportunities to see positives. And I felt like this game was 60% positives, but that 40%, a lot of goals can get scored on you in that other 40%, you know? See, I'm only like 50-50. I'm more negative than you today, only wow. because the special teams upset me so badly. Yeah. That there was nothing generating offensively on the power play. This is Again. how much our roles are reversed. In their defense, okay. they only had one power play. Right, with no good good coming from it but but i can't believe i'm doing this oh my god with a totally fakakta um power play unit. what's that word it's yiddish it means crazy right <laughs> um, like i was sitting there going wait did the shift change happen and i didn't see it because it was like kopitar dowdy uh to foley and i forget the fifth person but I have it. Oh, it was Luff. And it was Luff. Yes, yes. yes, Luff's Luff's side power play time. (laughs) And I was like, well, how is this? And I said, like, was there a line change? No, because I believe I looked at the seconds, too, and Luff was like 50 seconds or something on the power play. Hold on. Yeah, he was out there. Luff, power play. 48 seconds. Yeah, so that's not an accidental. I caught the tail end of something. or That was a purposeful, let's get out there kind of thing. Yeah, Kopitar, Dowdy, Ayafalo, Brown, and Carter apparently all played over a minute on the power play. And then Luff, Toffoli, Leipzig. Muzzin. So there was a weird line change. But again, yeah. I, I was hoping to interview Leipzig in the room after because my question was going to be, you saw some power play time. Was that something you were anticipating? Did right. coach talk to you about that beforehand or was that just an on the fly? Because I'm at this point also curious to know the changes that Willie has been making. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's happening during the game. I want to know his answers for these situations because, yeah, the guys, we can talk about their performance and what they're lacking and whatnot. But like what? What is he saying or not saying on the bench that's not getting them fired up? Or, you know, what is he saying that's putting them, like Luff and Leipzig, into the power play? What are the conversations of, you can do it, bud, get out there, you're on this unit? Like, what? Right. what is the logic? What is the, I'm not mad about it, but, like, I just want to know what's happening. I think they do, too. <laughs> like, I just want to know. I think we've, I don't know, we've dissected and looked at the players a lot lately. I don't think anyone's revisited Willie and his tactics or the, well, that, I don't know. But, but that's why the question of what does success look like? Right. Because, because if you are trying to. I got another answer. We'll okay. So I know we, we call him our head coach, Willie Desjardins. We don't say interim head coach. Um, he's our head coach for the year. Mm-hmm. That's how we refer to him as. I wish and this is what a little bit more of what success would look like to me. I wished that somebody came in and stripped this team to their bones, exposed weaknesses, problems, what needs to be addressed, who's at fault, people being held accountable. Like that would look like just the tiny, small little hill that success is. Like I feel like that's the beginning of it is you strip it down and say – Here's what we've got. The, the first step is admitting what? you have a problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I think I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not an analyst. I'm not trying to analyze the season. I, I'm, I actually want to tread really lightly with how I say this. But mm-hmm. I think 
that's a positive thing. That's a positive thing to go in and strip the bones of something and say, I'm here to help you and I'm here to fix something. Let's see where every one of these problems are. Because I feel like it's so hard to do this in the season. Once you get the momentum of game after game, game after game, practice, morning skate, practice, morning skate, practice, travel, we're home, travel, we're and home. And there's not much time for where's practice. Where's the time? Right, exactly. There's, they're just, I feel for yep. him because where is the time for him to tu- truly he pull the any. veil back? He didn't have any. No, he didn't. He, there's, there has been no time to truly pull the veil back and, and just strip this team of everything and say, what can we do with what we've got? It's just a lot of on-the-fly fixes and changes. It's not a bad thing, but I feel for the guy, and I hope he has some time. To that point, though, we did see some changes tonight. We did, yes, we, we did. We didn't see Fanuff or Thompson on the power play. We didn't see Clifford on the second line. We didn't see a ton of the decisions that have caused, you know, the Reddit boards and, you know, Let's Go Kings and Twitter and Facebook. Well, did we not say on the <laughs> podcast a couple of podcasts ago, did we not say, why not, since it's not working yeah. and this team is in 31st place, why not try some different line combinations? And I think, yeah. you know, I brought it up on one of the podcasts and said, why not put Wagner and Luff up, move them up right. to a third line, a second line, let them play with Carter, right? Yeah. And that's what happened tonight. And that's I think happening. we're going to see more of that. Would well, be my guess. So, is that the start of the strip? Or well, I think so. so. Okay. I think I think it's the very Maybe. the very beginning of the it. The question is, will they have uh, the coaching staff and the front office? The question is, so we've seen players moved up and down the lineup. We've seen minutes taken away. We've seen minutes given as a reward. The next step, it seems to me, is benching. Now, to the best of my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, the last time I can think of a anybody getting benched for something other than a health reason. Scratched, you mean? Yeah. Healthy scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not benched during the Taylor game. Hall healthy no, scratch. No, no, no. I mean, right. I mean a healthy day. scratch. Okay. I don't mean, right. oh, that guy didn't play for the third period. Right, healthy enough to go, but not playing. But not in the not lineup. not being played as a message sent to you Last and time that happened was? I cannot think of a time in, in modern Kings history that a player of significance, you know, okay, fine, maybe a guy like Brad Richardson or something, you know, or, or you'd make a decision like, okay, tonight Evenons rotates in because you're playing a tough team. Right. Or Kevin Westgarth comes yeah, in. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, or yeah. a fast guy, you know, if, oh, Detroit's in town, so we're going with the speedy line. Right. Yeah. But I can't think of a time where they said, like, you know, hey, you guy, you know, I don't mean to malign the kid. We've, we've been sort of trying to say it nicely for a few weeks now, but like, hey, Tyler Toffoli. You know, you had a breakaway, you didn't shoot, you were fairly ineffective out there. You know, we've tried you on multiple lines, like take a game to get your head together or something like that. And and I'm not trying to single out Tyler Toffoli. It could be Adrian Kempe, it could be Does that you know, Dion Phaneuf, it could be Andre Kopitar, it could be Alex I I mean I don't want to say oh, I follow, but Jeff Carter. What Jeff are you Carter, yeah. what are you hoping that that generates after that? Because what if someone gets so pissed that they just don't <laughs> want to play for that type of person who would bench them? So here's my here's my concern. And I don't know if this is true or not. This is just a long range view as a longtime Kings fan. Mm-hmm. When the young when the veterans that are on the team now were coming up, the team was not good. Mm-hmm. And they were surrounded with character guys whose job it was to teach them how to be professionals. Um, consequently, the expectations were low. And when those young players who are now the veterans didn't perform, they were never benched. They were never they never had minutes taken away from them. They were never given any sort of there was always carrot, never the, the stick. So then you, as the seasons progressed, you brought in guys like Rob Scuderi, Jarrett Stoll, Matt Green, Mike Richards, Willie Mitchell, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those guys, Rob Scuderi, never failed to go to the media after a game and say, we stunk. This is an unacceptable effort. Justin Williams. Justin Williams, Every 100%, game. right? Yep. Those guys have now cycled out. And you now have a veteran core that – Never got the stick when they were young and developing. Mm-hmm. Never had the pressure of leadership on them in their prime. Mm-hmm. And now they're the veteran leadership group. And I don't know. And I wouldn't even necessarily be their fault. But I don't know that Dowdy, Brown, Kopitar, Carter, Quick, I think, actually may just be wired that way naturally, right? He's the guy who, when he has a bad game, he says, or when the team has a bad game, he says, it's my fault. Yeah. And when yep. he has a great game, he says, it's the team that yep. did it for yep. him. Yeah. 
But all the rest of those guys, I don't know that they that they were brought up properly, right? If you never house train your dog, and then your dog goes in your kitchen, it's not the dog's fault. Are you talking right? about like, my life? <laughs> um, well, train your dog. <laughs> um, I have. Um, that's the thing. So, so that's my oh, fear, boy. right? So my fear is now that when we hear these conversations about, well, it's time for the leadership core to to take ownership and to teach the young guys and to impart these lessons. I'm not sure that they ever learned the lessons themselves because mm-hmm. they were the talent. Mm-hmm. They were the flash to go with the Willie Mitchells, the Rob Scuderi's, the Matt Greens, the Jared Stoles, the Mike Richards, the Brad Richardson, the Jordan Nolan, yep. the Dwight King, the blah, 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 you know, like Dwight King surely got benched in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not so much that I would be saying, oh, okay, at this point, I think, you know, Jeff Carter's going to learn a lesson if I bench him. It's more to just try and reestablish some kind of sanity when it comes to culture, right? Because at this point, we talk about what are we, what what are our expectations for success? Yep. It seems to me that you don't go from a playoff team to 31st with a historically bad offense, you know, the worst uh, penalty kill you've ever, like under Willie Desjardins, the penalty kill is under 65% at this point, I think. I mean, it's. Oh, it dropped. Okay. Well, it was 67 Seven, the, yeah, other, the night, other night, and they gave up one or two True. tonight. So <laughs> I'm not great <laughs> at math, it. but it's not getting it's better. Not it didn't get higher. Yeah. 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 So, so it seems to me that the the real explanation for something like that is what we've all been sort of hinting at all year long, which is there's something wrong with this team. We don't yeah. know what it is. Um, we're not sports psychologists. We don't live with these guys, Mm-mm. right? I don't know. I'm not in the room. But you don't just go from you know 10th in the league to 31st in the league and you know they've only scored three goals or more nine times this season and they've lost three of those games you don't do that unless there's something systemic yeah and so the benching question for me becomes okay you've screwed around with the minutes you've screwed around with the lines you've shown guys that you know hard work is rewarded and 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 non-production can be punished. So the question is, how far are you willing to go to to reestablish what most teams will do? You know, most teams are okay sending a message. I'm. I just go back to like my own psychology and how I would react, and I would just s- continue to give less and less of a crap if someone was like, "I'm going to take this away from you and right. this away from you." I would lose all hope or will to try and perform i would almost want to sit myself out and go fine then but that's just because i'm i'm not a professional athlete or a team player or whatnot and adult league doesn't count but <laughs> i would just feel so under appreciated or under i don't know e- even if i wasn't performing the way that i wanted to that would just make me want to perform even less isn't it more of a wake-up call though isn't it more of a i thought the tanner pearson trade was a wake-up call didn't work I right. thought that was well, a wake-up call. Well, the coaching change was a wake-up call. I thought that was a that wake-up didn't call. Work. Tanner Pearson trade didn't work. But or, scratching. Or, well, here's the problem. Here's the problem with wake-up calls. Okay. If I'm, they're if just I, if I'm on this team. Yep. And they fire the coach. Oh, they didn't fire me. Yep. They trade Tanner Pearson. Mm, I didn't get traded. They didn't trade me. Yep. yep. If I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. Oh, and to your point, if the if the player that they sit or bench throws a you know continues to decline well then you have learned a very valuable lesson about said player yes exactly and moving forward you now are armed with valuable valuable information you know a lot of these guys have contracts that either make them difficult to move or impossible in some cases yeah but you always have the option as as unsatisfying as it may be of simply saying okay well enjoy ontario or, you know, or enjoy not playing. Or enjoy you know, the press enjoy, box. Enjoy being humiliated. Now, I honestly don't think any of those players would react that way. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen them deal with adversity. We have seen, you know, we have heard we've seen glorious tales of how tightly knit this group is and how these guys would die yeah. for each other. So if you did go ahead and bench somebody, even if it was, I don't know, Kyle Clifford, Right. Although at this point, just, that just becomes a weird, healthy scratch. But, <laughs> but I mean, if you were to bench somebody, I honestly think most of the guys in this locker room, if not all of them, would would take it personally, take Wait. it as a as what it was intended to be, and come back with more fight. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, 
Going back to bench, just mm-hmm. to clarify, because I think sorry, I, we're talking about scratch, mm-hmm. healthy scratch. Yes. Okay. Hasn't Clifford been a scratch? Well, so that's why. That's I'm what when you're like saying you can't remember a time. I'm because, like, wait a minute, because, because there's been lots no, of no, but but like, the, the lower down you get on the roster. That's not what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying like a Carter. Yeah, or when yeah. you healthy scratch Kopitar, a Carter, Dowdy, Brown, Carter, those guys. You know, Got it. guys okay. that play significant minutes that Just wear clarifying. letters that are part of the veteran core. And I'm yep. not even necessarily saying that I think it should be anyone specific, right? Yep. Because, you know, look, Dowdy and Brown have 15 points in 19 games. Mm-hmm. You know, Carter's tied for the team in third in scoring or something like that. I think yep. Dowdy's been getting better and better. So. I think he's second in scoring right Yeah, now. so I mean, yeah. I'm not... Clifford's tied for third most goals yes, on the team <laughs> yeah, with five. But I'm, but I'm just saying, if, you know, we see these moments where, oh, Matt Luff has a bad shift and then we don't see him for 10 minutes or, mm-hmm. you know, Kovalchuk spends, you know, four minutes on the third line and you go, why? And it's, well... Connor McDavid was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's fine, but we're in 31st place. You know, at some point you got to rip the Band-Aid off, and as you said, strip it down. Strip it down. And start figuring stuff out. Yeah, I, I, I just think he, yeah, he hasn't had enough time yet to do that. How much more time do you give him? I don't know. <laughs> well, he's got till the rest of the I mean, realistically, he's he got till the rest of the, of the season. season. It's right. stressing me out so badly. Like, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, when would I have the time to sit down with Dave Lowry and dissect the PK? Like, when would I have time to check it? Like, because we've asked him about it at Morning Skate. We've asked Willie, you know, what's the deal? And he's super honest and is like, you know, well, Dave Lowry's in charge of the PK and, you know, maybe there's some things that need to be addressed here. And in my head, I'm going, when's the time to address them? And then I think about myself and I'm like, there is no time. Well, did he not come in on a on a did he not come in on a Sunday after after John Stevens was relieved of his duties and they were practicing Monday morning? Yeah, and and he's out there with coaches that he's really never worked with before and a team that he's never really seen before. Yeah, he's doing the best he can. Right. I feel like one of the worst kept secrets in this organization, though, is that Willie Desjardins is the interim coach. I mean, you said we don't refer to him as interim Right, we say head coach, Before yeah. he had coached a single game, I had already heard from multiple media outlets and from people speculating that Sturm is the young, fancy, you know, head coach, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to, you know, hand him a burned season to get a stink on his reputation, and so they needed a steward to help guide them through this. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, yeah. Don't everybody rushed to Twitter or the message board saying you heard it on all the Kings men. But I'm saying like, I've heard that enough times from enough different sources to the point where in my head, I feel like it's true. Even if it's not, even if I can't, you know, you hear something three times and your brain begins treating it. If it's as if it's true, even if it's, you know, just some made up story. So, I mean, he applied for the job. Steven's got it. They didn't have to worry about interviewing him or checking with him. He was, you know, he was in the Rolodex. They knew he was a known commodity yep. in a season where they needed, a, you know, an NHL coach to come in and steward. Now, if he does impress with the rest of the season, I don't think there's anybody who would have a problem bringing him back. But as I said, it's a, it's a question of, of how you judge success and what your expectations are. And, and I would be really curious to know what the franchise's expectations are yeah. of his job. Well, if, if the team is in 31st place at the end of the season. Well, I don't know. I mean, because I, the then question, what do you do? Because the, let's say, and I don't know if this is, I don't even know if this is the sort of thing that a franchise would do. This is, this is just 30 years of tortured fan brain taking over for the moment. But if the franchise hired him and said, listen, Here's what we want you to do with the rest of our year. Keep the games competitive, but for God's sake, don't make a playoff push because, you know, we want a high draft pick. Um, highlight certain players that can be moved for assets and, and, you know, keep certain players happy because we need them next season. Now, like I said, I don't know if that's something that franchises actually do. It seems awfully Machiavellian. And as we said, he was hired on a Sunday, coached on a Monday. For anybody who knows the Solomon Sounds Grundy like a rhyme. song. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> um, um, but, but that's the sort of thing where if at the end of the season he has done those things, I don't know, then job well done, right? Like handshakes all around. Um, but then you're, that- lo- then you're looking forward to the next season, and then, and then what do you do? Well then, is he is he the coach that takes them to I, the next level that that I've brings no, them 
up from 31st place into I don't know. Into like what? Maybe, where do, so, where, so the second half of that what is the insane ceiling? hypothetical what is the ceiling? would be, hey, Willie, your last NHL experience didn't go great. Do these things on the checklist. Right. Pad your NHL resume. You are now back in the conversation of NHL head coach. We've seen how many coaches fired this season already. Four, three? Yeah. Somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. There'll mm-hmm. probably be more, especially at the end of the season, if some of these other teams sure. miss the playoffs. Of course there will be, yep. So, so there's a limited pool of, of quote unquote legitimate NHL coaches available. So why isn't you know if Willie has done the thing? Sorry, I shouldn't call him Willie. If Coach Deschardin, I call him Willie. I shouldn't either. <laughs> well, I've never met the guy. You yeah, presumably well, met him. Okay. Um, but you know what I mean. Like he he re-enters the conversation now. If the opposite of what I'm saying is true, if they said to him, "Your job is to get this team back into playoff contention. The Pacific Division is weak. All it's going to take is six or seven games." to get back into it. We'll trade a player. We'll give you more tools. And, ah, oops, there were some injuries. And, ah, oops, there were some, you know, unforeseen things. And so good effort, but it didn't work out. And Uh, the team finishes 31st. (laughs) Anyway, well, that's a much different evaluation. So the question just becomes, and we'll never know the answer to this. Well, you guys might, but I'll never know because nobody tells me nothing. Um, The question is, what does the team actually expect out of the rest of the season? And we just don't know yet. I'd love to know what Twitter thinks. I know you've posed this question to (laughs) everyone that's been on the podcast as of late, but I want to know because I know Twitter listens to us. For those of you who are going to tweet her your answers, leave me off the (laughs) the chain. I'm at uh, uh, Kingsmen Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, leave at Dave Joseph LA off that Twitter handle. Please. No, but I would love to know what what they think their what they think um, success looks like at this point in the season. I would That's love to know question. what success to them looks yeah. like because you're asking all of us, and they care too. And they, you know, people listen. I feel like they're, you know, listening to the podcast, thinking I've got an idea. And well, now tell me. I want to know. I'd I, love to hear. I think we talked about what success looks like, and I think it's I think it's getting your your top name players to be your top name players every night and and seeing what you get out of the youth of this team and if they are bonafide NHL players or not. Yeah. And no. if they are, then they certainly fill a role for next season. And some of the kids in Ontario will be called up later this season, mm-hmm. and that's a guarantee. You'll see some more of those players skating with the Kings, mm-hmm. and we'll see how they pan out in an NHL uniform. Just and I think, that's how you, I think that's how you gauge the season yeah. from here on out. You know what? What's the what's the development level of these kids? Are they NHL players or are they not? Audition yeah. everybody. The, that's it. The kids that's exactly, that's give a good the way adults an audition. Correct. Audition everybody. You're on the you're Correct. on the block right now. Right. Well, I'm going to judge this episode of success. Woo! Dave Carlin, thank, thank you for joining. Wow, me. that's high praise. My player of the so game for Jack and Mike Jablonski. Brendan Leipzig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I forgot <laughs> we did that. Well, there was like three of us. My yeah, player yeah. of the Four game. Of us. <laughs> <laughs> so for the Jablonskis, Dave Joseph and Carlin Bat, Dave. Sorry. In my play of the game. I'm Jesse Cohen. Leipzig's goal. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.